house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. people good, e- good evening people we're gonna play this song out alarm clock screaming bare feet hit the floor it's off to the races everybody out the door go ahead turn this out if you don't mind okay it's a crazy life everybody come on people sing it with me 90 miles an hour going fast as i can trying to push a little harder trying to get the upper hand so much to do in so little time it's a crazy life this is Johnny Diaz. Breathe. It's rainy, so good. It's another wild day when the stress is on the rise. In my heart, I feel you sing. Just breathe. Just, just breathe. I do too. Come and rest at my feet. And be. Just be. Chaos calls. When all you really need is to just The singing segment is now over. <laughs> All right. Hello, people. Wait. Okay. So 
you know, I do that, right? You know, I do this. You know, I always do an opening song just because, first of all, it's fun. Second of all, it takes, you know, all the platforms a few minutes to roll out so that people could see them. So this is kind of like our, uh, our rollout time. And this is peppermint oil, people. Yeah, it is. I was breathing it. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was just breathing the peppermint. Anyway, um... <laughs> So, actually, you know, my aunt sent me this stuff. It's a roll-on bottle. See? So I put it on my hands. Because my hands get a little bit stiff. And the peppermint tends to help a little bit with that. And then you can breathe it in. And clear your sinuses. Although, I'm actually doing pretty good today. So, um... It is Saturday. April 25th. And, um... Tonight, Randall and I, we wanted to kind of touch a subject that we think, uh, well, we think it needs to be addressed. And, you know, and there's a, um, you know, there's a slight hesitancy in bringing this up. But, um, but I have to say that um, that's never stopped me before. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about um, a movie that we saw earlier today. It's kind of a... Um, um, it's a documentary that's been online for a while. It's it's called Out of Shadows. And, you know, the other day I was talking to a friend of mine who uh, who was telling me about this. And, and I had seen pieces of it and I had heard um, some other friends of mine talking about it. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and set aside some time to watch it. It's only about an hour, just under an hour and a half. So it wasn't a long documentary, uh, but... What was said in it was not real surprising, and yet at the same time, you know, I mean, I've heard, you know, different snippets and stuff. And you, and you have to understand that me, I made a choice a number of years ago to stop watching TV. Now, I watch YouTube, and most of the stuff I watch on YouTube is worship music, sermons, um, and master classes. Uh, which are on topics usually having to do with business and entrepreneurship. I don't watch regular TV. The last TV show Randall and I actually enjoyed and watched together uh, was, um, what do you call, um, Shark Tank. Uh, and we actually stopped watching it because the place that we were watching it was on Hulu and we canceled Hulu because we, we didn't really watch much of it. Um, and then, of course, we had Netflix which, again, we canceled because we don't watch it because there's so much crap on it. Um, and I'm not a big fan of movies. I just haven't been. I'm not that I'm not that person. I have been mocked by people because of it. Um, I have been, oh, my gosh, you, you know, you should go watch these movies so you can kind of know what's going on in the culture. Well, I don't have to watch crap in order to know it's crap and to see what people are watching. I just don't do it. And, and I can't even remember the last movie that I saw. Um, can you remember it? Because me and you always go to the movies, but... Always, yeah. I so, mean, when, if we, we go together. Right. Um, we saw um, Wonder Woman. I, I remember... think that was probably, yeah, that's probably the last movie that we went to see. Okay. So, so Wonder Woman, how many years ago was that? Um, I... People? Two I know years ago, I think. Two? That's it? Maybe three. Three? I don't even, I don't even know. But... And I did watch that because everybody was talking about it. And I thought, well, okay, here's a woman. Here's a uh, Jewess playing the title role. Huh? 
a Jewess playing the title role. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So, thought, well, yeah. anyway, so all that to say, no, I'm not a fan of people. Parks and Recreation, honestly, was probably the last TV show that I really liked, you know, um, and it was a goofy, stupid show that made me laugh. It got me through moving here to Tennessee. Um, um, so that was like seven years ago that that show was really on the air. Um, I mean, it ran after, but, um, you know. And then I did watch General Hospital for a number of decades, up until their 25th anniversary, which was... Well, yeah, I watched it since high school. But, um, hey, the writers of that show were really good. But when they started introducing homosexuality, that was it. I was gone. And that was my mo that was my thing. I was like... As soon as they start, you know, promoting that crap on GH, I'm gone. Even though, yes, all the other stuff. Illicit sexuality. Well, actually, too, I will, I will be honest to say that the the illicit sex at 2 o'clock in the afternoon um, of teenagers that they were promoting, like, right after the 25th anniversary, I was like, that I couldn't believe it. And I'm like, really? This is, this is unacceptable. And that's when I unplugged it. I was like, okay. I can't, I can't, I cannot, I can't go there. Um, I don't even watch news, really. Um, I mean, we no longer have cable. We have not had cable for, well, about what, almost seven years. We got cable right after we moved here to Tennessee, and we watched some of it, and then it ended up just being a headache, and we ended up canceling it early and taking a big fine because, or I think we took a big lo a loss because of the, the contract. Um just because we never watched it and what we did watch just made me so annoyed. So there's an, you can get enough info by reading and there are legit, um, videos on YouTube. You know, you can pick your poison, so to speak. Um, but what we're going to talk about tonight is we're going to talk about what we saw in this video. Plus Randall's pulled up some interesting stuff and I actually have, um, an article that I want to pull up too, but but the, the focus and how we want to talk about this isn't for sensationalism's sake. Because, uh, you know me, I'm not all about that. So, <laughs> um, it, it is, let me ask you this. And I just, I literally just asked Randall this right before the show started. It was literally within the last couple of minutes. Um, and, and I will bring this up because I'm, I'll bring it up with this article right here. So, there's the New York Times article, New York Times already you know, well, there you go. It's New York Times. Um, <clears throat> it's titled Marina Abramovic. Abramovic? I don't know how to say it, but whatever. Abram huh? How do you say it? Abramovic? Abramovic. Anyway, whatever. Abra Abra Abramovic. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, just wants conspiracy theorists to let her be. Okay, so it says here, she says, I am an artist, not a Satanist. The performance artist said after an online outcry prompted Microsoft to take down a video of her, it's not the first time she's faced the accusation. I'm not even going to read the rest of the article because just the headline is, is hilarious because they use... The terminology conspiracy theorists, which was actually something that, was it the CIA, Randall? Yeah, the CIA coined that term. The CIA coined that term to target people who were actually telling the truth. Right, as part of a disinformation campaign. Right, so 
So you, you just see that and you laugh out loud because it's like, okay. But anyway, so in this movie, though, it talks about um, this woman and how she's, you know, part of the elite. And she's part of what they call the spirit, whatever it was, spirit. Spirit cooking. Spirit cooking. Which, if you've watched us for any length of time, then you know that spirit cooking was something that Hillary Clinton was exposed. Uh, she was part of the spirit cooking occultic thing that this woman, Marina, actually put on. And um, and during the campaign be- between Trump and her, that was all brought out into the news. We talked about it. It got minimal play in the mainstream media and all this other stuff. Well, in this documentary, one of the things that they talk about and they show is the Satan worshipers who actually, um, you know, they initiate people, they do all this stuff. But I mean, they have spirit cooking things where they, they basically take these cakes and they are like humans. They're like dead humans or whatever. Graphic cake that that's like, and they eat it to mock cannibalism and stuff. And God only knows if they really do eat people. But, but anyway, so here she's saying I'm an artist, not a Satanist. Okay. So I said to Randall, I said, well. Isn't it interesting that a Satanist would deny Satan? You know, the Bible from a biblical worldview, you know, if you deny you're a Christian, you know, if you deny Jesus and you deny you're a Christian, you know, there's a consequence for that, you know. And we have an option as Christians whether or not we're going to deny being a Christian and we're going to deny Christ and who he is and what he did, right? Um, there's a consequence for that. But how many Satan worshipers go around generally denying that they're actually Satan worshipers? It's interesting to me because most people on that side, on the devil's side, either A, don't know they're on the devil's side because they're so deceived and they're following him and they're blindly deceived, or B, they are people who are boldly proclaiming that they're Satanists or part of the Church of Satan or whatever. Or C, now they're busted for their gr- their gruesome evil activity and then they deny it. And in her case, it's Marina Abramovic or however you say her name. Um, and in her case, what she's being accused of or being exposed of uh, is wretched and I would say definitely from the pit of hell. Because all of this crap is tied into Pizzagate, which, as most of you probably know, you know, the word pizza is a code word for the pedophiles. And the whole thing with Jeff, Jeffrey Epstein and, and Podesta and all these other guys, um, you know, that, that has been exposed, but nobody's ever been prosecuted. And God only knows, really, if Jeffrey himself is still alive. Some people think that, you know, that he's dead, that he's living somewhere on some island. Who knows? I don't know. But what I do know is that God knows. And that one day, every knee's going to bow, people, and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus is the Lord, to the glory of God the Father. And these evildoers will be thrown into the lake of fire where they belong. Uh, Until their last breath, however they have an opportunity to repent. And I hope and pray that they do. I really do hope and pray that they do. Um, So, but anyway, so the point of this movie 
that the the guy that did the movie he was a a stunt man in Hollywood, and he ended up doing this for a long time. And this is kind of how it starts out. He ended up doing this for a long time, and he had an accident, and he he ended up going to this woman who, um, well, do you remember what it was called? What who the, what what her job was? Oh, uh, who's what job? You know, stunt man, the the guy, the woman that prayed for him. Oh, she was uh, a therapist. Yeah, physical therapist and some sort of doctor dealt with pelvic injuries. Yeah, so very sensitive thing there. Anyway, so this woman, he talks about how this woman um, did therapy on him and and she made some comments about how he was in darkness and stuff and and started to pray for pray, pray for him. Well, anyway, as a result, he came out of the dark side and began to look at what the dark side in Hollywood was all about. And so he, he, he thought, well, you know, I'm going to start researching this stuff instead of laughing at people and, you know, calling it what it is. I'm going to look at it. So he started looking at it. And, um, um, and anyway, so this documentary, um, out of shadows, which you can find on YouTube, uh, was produced by this guy. Um, and you know what's interesting too? I'm going to say this. I felt, even though it was extremely disturbing for me to watch because I have a very sensitive spirit, I don't like violence and I certainly don't like um, child sexual abuse in particular. Um, and Randall and I definitely prayed after we watched it because I was like, you know. <laughs> so Randall prayed and I prayed with him. But what I have to say is that... Um, I don't believe this was a sensationalist piece at all. I really saw saw it as a piece that was very well done. It wasn't um, it wasn't insulting to any person in particular. It wasn't like sensationalized. It was documented history. Talked about the history of um, Operation Mockingbird, Operation Paperclip, and um, what was the other one? Uh, MK Ultra. Um, yeah, and MK Ultra, and you know I know this having talked to a lot of the different people that we've talked about. That MK Ultra, all that stuff is true, right? Uh, and I I know people who have had very bad um, experiences with childhood sexual abuse who have split and have developed multiple personality or disassociative identity disorder. I mean, I have friends that I know that is a fact, um, you know, and, and so there is, you know, so much stuff there, um, and it does raise questions about, well, you know, how they, they do smear campaigns with anybody who tries to bring this stuff up, and, you know, the whole Mockingbird thing is hilarious, because all you gotta do is look at the media and watch how it, you know, it mocks, I mean, it literally mocks, you know, mockers and scoffers, you know, um, you know, and here's the thing. And, you know, just like I see your comments here, you know, there's so much we don't know. We're never going to know it. Right. But what we do know, if you're a believer is first of all, God's word, what we can know is the truth. And, and I say this often because I have to remind myself, God does not lie ever. You know, God does not lie. He will never leave us or forsake us. And God's word, the Bible, is absolutely 100% true. You can believe it. You can stake your life on it, as thousands and millions of people have done throughout the, the, 
the millennials that the 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 deck the thousands almost two thousand years that we've had the blessing of having God's word, and and you know what that's where we need to be. And I'm guilty of not being there enough. And I'm just going to say that. I mean, as the host of Bible News Radio, I don't read the Bible as much as I know I could. Um, and this this here, you know, is interesting because, you know, one of the things Randall and I were talking about was how, um, you know, the Bible talks about in Ephesians chapter 6 that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and and powers in unseen places. You know, L.A. Marzulli refers to the Bible as the guidebook to the supernatural. We we understand, um, you know, if you're a believer, you believe, you, or at least you should, that Jesus came down, he became a man, he, he somehow is God in flesh, he somehow did that miraculously through the virgin birth, right? Uh, the Holy Spirit overshadowed a woman. She didn't have any sex with any man, and yet Jesus walked the earth. That happened. There's proof, legit proof. Jesus was really who he was, and he died. There's legit proof he came back to life. I mean, all these things are not natural, right? They are supernatural. And yet when it comes to the dark side, the church either ignores it, or you have ill-informed believers thinking that they're so spiritual that they can bind Satan and stomp him under their feet and declare that he's whatever the heck. And they're, they're completely foolish in their, their uh, treatment of who Satan is. And I say, based on the few friends that I know who have actually come out of the cult, and I know a few, uh, I'm thinking of one person in particular, uh, she was heavily ingrained in the cult. And even the thought of certain things just made her tremble because she saw the powers of the dark side. Um, and, uh, you know, so Satan isn't to be taken lightly and certainly not his schemes. He is the smartest entity probably in that's ever been created. Okay. He doesn't, he isn't God. He isn't as smart as God is, but I would say he's smarter than all of us collectively. He knows what he's doing. He's the master illusionist, the master at deception. He knows exactly what he's doing. And he has, you know, the Lord has given him the power over this world for now. And so what better way then to persuade the masses with mind control through media, you know? Um, and as this documentary pointed out, um, you know, think about it television you know when you're wa when you're watching television it's telling you their vision right your programs you're being programmed people channels they're channeling their programs and televisioning you know they're telling you their vision i mean in the freaking lingo you you see the occult right there right now, here's the thing. I, I know that not every person in Hollywood, um, and I actually learned something interesting even about the name Hollywood, uh, but I know that every person in Hollywood isn't necessarily a Satanist or somebody who's on the dark side. There are a lot of Christians, I believe, legit, true believers in Hollywood trying to genuinely make an impact for what's good and right. But the problem is, is that you don't, you don't see that stuff. Because so many people are beholden to what TV is. I mean, it's just, 
Um, you know, it's just sad. I mean, uh, a friend of mine, um, her and her, another friend recently talked about this show, Tiger King, which is on Netflix, I believe. And I've never seen it. I never will watch it because I don't watch Netflix. But the gist from what I understand about this show is basically it's about abusing animals, right? I mean, abusing and hurting animals. So now I don't know about you, but I believe child abuse is, is one of the most wicked things on the planet. I believe that some people think animal abuse is above and worse than child abuse. Because there's, there's nothing, you know, if, if you know somebody is, can willingly abuse an animal, then that person is a, a dang sociopath, you know. Um, and, and we're not talking, you know, pe- you know, the animal rights people. Well, you believe in c- killing chickens and so you can have a chicken sandwich. Not that type of stuff. That's not abuse. That's like, you know, that's, that's food. But, you know, like if you, you have a kitten or a puppy dog or, or even a zoo animal and you're beating the crap out of it and you're torturing the poor thing, you know, I mean, it is heartless, especially torturing a dog or a cat or, or any animal. But, I mean, you know, most of us have dogs, you know. I remember seeing uh, a video where um, there was a man in an elevator with a, with a, with a little puppy and somebody put this on, on Facebook or something. And, and anyway, the video in the elevator caught this SOB, you know, beating the crap out of the puppy during, in between floors, you know? And I remember watching it thinking, you know, if that person was in my sight, I would kick him in the crotch, you know, and make sure that he felt the same pain that he did, he inflicted on that dog, you know, because that's, that's just, you know, unconscionable to me. Uh, of course I probably wouldn't do that, but I'd want to, because that guy having disregard for an animal would probably punch me a woman in the face, you know? So, I mean, I'm not that stupid, but there are people out there that do that. And there are people who rape babies. There are people that sexually assault babies. And if you don't believe it, all you got to do is look at the pornography industry and look at the crap that they promoted. And I have studied this issue uh, I studied it for years and I stopped looking at it because it just got too overwhelming, the evil, right? So, and, and the, the most disturbing thing to me is that years ago, you would never have anything like Tiger King on, in the media, but what makes it acceptable now? And here's my theory based on what Randall and I saw when we went to this conference for the gay activist community. That is that just like South Park, everybody hated it, you know, with the focus groups, they decided, well, you know what? Everybody hates it. Who cares? We know what's better for everybody. We're just going to put it out there anyway. And the outrage went away. And lo and behold, that crap has been on TV for decades now uh, because, because you can get desensitized to it. And that's addiction. That's in your mind. You know, pornography addiction, same thing, you know. Back in the olden days, Playboy and Penthouse were the two, you know, nasty magazines. You'd get them in the mail in brown paper. You know, my abuser did. Um, but now, hey, with a click of a mouse, you know, you're wherever you want to be if you if you dare to go to that wicked world online. Um, and, you know, if you've ever listened to anybody addicted to pornography like I have, because um, I used to run sex um, uh, 
sexual sex addict groups when I was a therapist, then you know that it comes a point where it just has to get different, higher and higher and higher and more intense before they get the same high or hit that they did in the beginning. You know, I mean, it is wicked in the truest sense of the word. So in this documentary, it really bothers me because they kept flashing this art of this perverted woman with these wicked pictures of these abused girls on, on, on the wall. It was just very disturbing, um, you know, and all that. And I believe it's real. I believe there are satanic rituals. I do believe in satanic ritualistic abuse. I also believe uh, that people do offer up people. And I do think that there is this wicked control that runs our media. And I think Christians need to be very careful about what you consume. And maybe that's because I'm a middle-aged person. I'm a old fogey traditionalist, fundamentalist, whatever the heck you want to call me. Uh, I will tell you, if King David said in the Psalms that he prayed that he would put a guard, be, you know, he would protect his eyes, then how much more so us in the day where we are more flooded with media probably than in the history of the world. And that is not an overstatement. It's probably an understatement given the fact that we all carry these phones around with us and we were glued to them constantly. Um, and that was by design, by the way. So, uh, so that's kind of a very long introduction to what we're going to talk about, but Randall pulled up some stuff. So I, I will, I will pass it off to my handsome hunky man who happens to be literally sitting across the table from me. You will, huh? Yeah, I will. So you, well, you, you have some stuff. Why, why don't you, you want to share what you think of that stuff? Uh, all that stuff? It's... Or just, or just what we watched. Um, yeah, it wasn't surprising. Um, you know, I, I think overall, again, there are exceptions. There are some good people and in government agencies, uh, and in entertainment industry. Uh, but yeah, overall, I'm not sure which more is a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. <laughs> if that be... Right. That be Hollywood or Washington D.C. Um, just where do we start? Yeah, it's just I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it because we're half an hour into it. But you can go to WikiLeaks. You can look at uh, the letters or emails, rather emails that were um, I don't know um, grabbed or whatever. It's illegal for you to read them. <laughs> this media told you back in the day, uh, only they, you know, were allowed to talk about them and the disinformation they contain. Uh, but you know, here Hillary Clinton and her, you know, campaign were exchanging emails on a private email server um, uh, when she was Secretary of State. But I think why that was a big deal is because they were more easily stolen. And they were and they were leaked, and there are some there are some strange things which obviously aren't talking about normal things about getting pizza for an hour um or i'm gonna see this and by the way, I will say i t I talked to somebody recently who's on another platform I met. 
this person happens to work undercover, pretty much, to help get kids out of sex trafficking online. And that was one of the things that um, they were talking about with me was the whole the whole lingo like there's a whole dictionary of this of this lingo out there are you done sneezing yes i am but i was thinking anyway i'll just read rather than try to cue it up like there's this um are you gonna put yourself on screen i guess good there's this um there he is email from john podesta to susan sandler yeah, um, Podesta. That's a that's a bad guy. Or or is it? Or actually, it's from Susan to John. She wrote, "The realtor found a handkerchief. I think it has a map that seems Pete's related. Is it yours? They can send if you want. I know you're busy, so feel free to respond if if it's not yours or you don't want it." And he responded. It's mine, but not worth worrying about. Okay, the realtor found a handkerchief. Okay, all right, great. I think it has a map that seems pizza-related. How many handkerchiefs have a map that are pizza-related? How many handkerchiefs have a map on them? And how many maps on a handkerchief are pizza-related? I mean, that just seems weird, you know. Either it's not what it plainly says... That it's some sort of handkerchief that has a map on it that's related to pizza that tells you how to get to a pizza place. I don't know. Maybe it's a Domino's pizza. You know, connect the dots. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Anyway. That's but, what I'm there for. Levity, people. Yeah. Anyway, but the, you know, the whole thing, this place, Comet Pizza, Comet Ping Pong came up. I guess they were gone for a while. The back was looking at their website and. Um, it's interesting. Their sign out front has crescent moons and upside down pentagrams on it, but whatever. <laughs> That's a whole nother thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I wanted to, you know, kind of uh, a big premise of this movie is that this brief documentary is that, you know, be careful. You know, think about what you're watching. Even this, people. Uh, that definitely think because look how big my hair is yeah you know stereotype people with big hair by the way this was this was this i want to show a clip that someone put together i don't know who it was but i remember from two years ago or so it was put out yeah you know it was the um, mainstream media's reaction to trump's you know when he started to about tweet about fake fake news and the like that you know that there's this one-sided narrative going on, um, you know, an altered alternative media, and you need to be careful. And so, anyway, and so this is broadcast from I don't know how many stations. Yeah. But. Yeah. Anyway, check this out: the the one-sided news stories plaguing our country. Hi, I'm Fox San Antonio's Jessica Headley. And I'm Ryan Wolf. Our, our greatest, greatest responsibility, responsibility is, is to, to serve our, our Treasure Valley communities. The El Paso, Las Cruces communities. Eastern Iowa communities. Mid-Michigan communities. We are extremely proud of the quality, balanced journalism that CBS4 News produces. 
But we are concerned about plaguing our country. The sharing of biased and false news has become all too common on social media. More alarming, some media outlets publish the same fake stories without checking facts first. The sharing of biased and false, false news has, has become, become all too common, common on, on social, social media. media. More alarming, some media outlets publish the same stories without checking facts first. Unfortunately, some members of the media use their platforms to push their own personal bias and agenda to control this is extremely dangerous to our democracy. 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 This is extremely annoying. Um, make it stop! Anyway. So, good actors, definitely. Um... So you saw them there, CBS stations, ABC stations, Plus, NBC stations, Fox stations, yeah, all reading from the same script or, you know. Clearly, well, clearly. By the way, Forrest, hi. Um, yeah, I did see that uh, the 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 dictator in North Korea is dead. That totally. is, that's supposedly, allegedly, he's dead. And supposedly, allegedly, the sister is now going to step in. Who knows? Uh, hi, Barb. Hi, Susan. Uh Susan, you are sensitive like me. Is that what that was about? I can't remember. Um, but yeah, anyway, so it's, 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 uh, yeah, anyway. So one of the other things he talks about then is he talks about how, you know, how, how we used to all been, how, how we used, how there used to be the big three, right? Now, how many is there? I don't know, but, um, but where we, there's this illusion of several media outlets out there. Uh, this is an article from 2016, four years ago, Forbes reporting that, uh, just as a matter of fact, these 15 billionaires own America's news media companies. Yeah. And it names the 15 billionaires. Um, anyway, I'll go down the list. Uh, Michael Bloomberg, mm -hmm. Rupert Murdoch, yep. Donald and Samuel Newhouse, Cox Family, Jeff Bezos, John Henry, Sheldon Adelson, John Mansueto, Mortimer Zuckerman, the Barbie Family, Stanley Hubbard, Patrick Soon, Xiong, I don't know how to pronounce that, uh, Carlos Selm, Haley Warren Buffett. Vic and Victor Vexelberg um, own the nation's media, and um, yeah, and it talked about the um, uh, the you know the how you know we have all these outlets, but I'm going to show you an infographic that was uh, created by um, Frugal Dad in 2011, nine years ago. Don't you love so, how Frugal Dad got involved, people? But and <laughs> you can 
you can you, you can check you, this out. You can check this out. This is so funny. Well, you, anyway. Anyway, check it out. Um, I'm just gonna turn that off and move that over. Okay, media consolidation: the illusion of choice. Meat has never been more consolidated. Six media giants now control a staggering 90% of what we read, watch, or listen to. Not including this, just so you know. So in 1983, 90% of American media was owned by 50 companies. In 2011, the same 90% is controlled by six companies. These are them. GE, News Corp, Disney, Viacom, Time Warner, and CBS. Um, and... And, um, yeah, maybe five now. Anyway, so that means that 232 media executives control the information diet of 277 million Americans. That's one media exec for every 850,000 subscribers. You know, ultimately say what goes on the air. Um, 2010 revenue, 10 years ago for the big six was 275.9 billion. What does that mean? Well, that's $36 billion more than Finland's. Um, uh, gross, yeah, yeah, gross domestic product. That's uh, enough to buy every NFL team twelve times, and it's five times the government bailout of General Motors. And uh, they control seventy percent of cable. Um, well, I remember this was what? How many years ago? Ten years ago. Okay, so, so it's probably more now. Yeah, yeah, it's probably more. But anyway. 178 million unique users read the Time Warner News every month, whatever name it goes under. Right. Uh, there are several newspapers, well, all owned by Time Warner. Right, and this also includes Christian media, uh, and, too. Yeah, sure. Which are owned by heathen people who are, you know, anyway. Like, anyway. Uh, so, yeah, you kind of get the idea. News Corp owns the top newspaper on three continents. Um. In 1995, the FCC forbade companies to own over 40 stations, yet Clear Channel owns 1,200 stations. And mine at North Dakota, might not, they own every station in that city. Everyone else, everywhere else in the United States, 80% of the stations playlist match. I mean, just song for song and uh, box office. They own movies, of course. So, uh, uh Big Six's box office of sales in 2010 was seven billion dollars, and that's two times box office sales of the next 140 studios of the indie studios. <laughs> it's twice, and anyway, AOL spent 124 billion to buy Time Warner 2001. That's six times what Congress funded to rebuild Iraq. Anyway, you can go on and on, and it's it's. It's all well documented here. The sources here, the footnotes, and so this illusion of choice that you know, pretty much, you turn on a radio station unless you personally know the, you know, that it's not part of some network, mm -hmm. um, like maybe Larry Allison's handful of stations in Missouri, um, you can be pretty sure that it's coming from just a handful of sources. Sixth, the most probably, you know, in your particular area, the 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 newspaper, the the radio, the television, all coming from a single source, probably. Yeah. Well, and then the other thing too is, if you don't think you can be a victim of mind control, then explain 
why everybody's using terms like social distancing, which irritates mm -hmm. me. It didn't or, take long to. It didn't take long. I mean, if you, if you, and I, and this is what has blown Randall and I away, is just how quickly everybody started conforming to what the government was saying regarding the coronavirus. Now, I believe it's a real virus. I do, people. I'm not going to deny anybody's died from it. That's not what I've been fascinated by. I've been fascinated by people, sheeple, <laughs> you know, um, and and how easy it is to be to, to be led, you know. Um, okay, let me let me give you a, a case in point. The best part of waking up. Bam. Did you all just say is Folgers in your cup? Yeah, you did. Because if you're as old as me. Then you, you thought that. Okay, who's the leader of the club that's made for you and me? Okay. Oh, wait. Did you just say M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-R-C? -E -E I mean, Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, you know. Um, or um, Snap Crackle. Let's have it your way. We have been inundated and brainwashed and, since our childhood. And And through what? medium tv yeah yeah television and you know and and this is why i think talk radio has been a huge threat like like rush limbaugh right rush limbaugh is hated by people because he started you know he was the in, in my opinion he was the original guy out there kind of questioning what was going on and exposing things from a different point of view and then of course you have all these other you know, conservative places that do stuff. Um, but, you know, the other thing is that um, uh, education, right? At least as an American, when I was in school, I was taught the Pledge of Allegiance. Pledge of Allegiance, right? Pledge of Allegiance to the flag. Well, eventually that's been taken out of the schools. Um, it's controversial, you know. Uh, and then, as somebody said recently that I was, I heard somebody say recently, um, there's a lot of education, but very little learning. You know, think about that one. You know, you can have people like Glenn Beck, who admits, he, I believe he didn't go to college, but he reads a heck of a lot. We had our friend Carl and Leanne on last week. You know, Carl is, is I, I don't think he graduated from high school. And... Yeah, he's ha he has 10,000 books in his library, and he's produced all this other stuff out there, you know, and, and admittedly said that a lot of the books that he has, they, you will never get the, those, that source material online because it's not online. Um, why do you think over the millennial and, and stuff, not only was the Bible uh, banned, um, but burned, and then, of course, throughout history, you know, when dictators and things have tried to overtake countries and stuff, they burn books. They burn all this stuff. Why are they burning all that stuff? If there's no threat and knowledge in it, why hide it, right? Knowledge truly is power. Of course, that's, a, that's, a, that's also a brainwashed tagline, knowledge is power. But it really is power if you know history, you know. And this is a, something that I've talked about a lot on, on our show. I mean, I have a... A whole playlist on the marketing of homosexuality to America. It used to be everybody saw homosexuality as a deviant, disgusting behavior. And now we celebrate it and we, you know, our government Supreme Court has said, hey, we need to bless this as a matrimonial thing and make it, you know, an acceptable form of marriage. 
right? Um, if you don't think that was brainwashing the masses, then I don't know, because I saw that happen in my life, just saying. Um, uh, and it's only a matter of time before, I mean, if they're putting crap like Tiger King on, advocating, and, and it is advocacy, right? People get outraged about it, but why are people tuning into this crap? I even saw a friend of mine who's local, right? Who I love. I I love her. She's a local businesswoman. But she just recently got a t-shirt that had a quarantine and Tiger King on it. And this is a Christian woman. And I'm thinking, and she admitted, she actually admitted she watched the whole stinking series. And I'm thinking, why? 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 Why would you, why would you do that? I mean, that's just giving... Um, that's just opening a foothold, you know, a stronghold in your head to that type of perversion. You watch enough of it, you know, it desensitizes you. I mean, I don't know how many blow-ups or shootings or deaths or violence or sex scenes that we've all seen. I mean, it's millions and millions, I'm sure of it, in our lifetime. Uh, I think that's part of the reason why what I just said, um, you know, when just watching this documentary with how many things that were in there, it was just really disturbing to me, um, you know. But uh, anyway, you, you want to say something? Uh, yeah, you know, this is Bible News Radio. I would like to bring it back to Scripture and about being careful about the things that we we take in. Yeah. And two scriptures came to mind in, um, in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6, uh, verse 22. Our Lord said, The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your, bo but if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Hmm. And... Um, I don't think it's any mistake that the next you know, uh, utterance there is no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say, do not worry about your life, what you, shall, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of fields, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven... Will he not much more clothe you, O you little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, what shall we drink, what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble." And the point of that being that, um, uh, you know, when, if worldly things are our goal, 
then we will focus on the things of the world and the things of the world are darkness and if you know the if your eye is dark then your whole body will be full of darkness and how great is that darkness um you know uh the old saying what you feed grows what you starve dies and 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 looking to, to that as you know those things as your pursuit if you're worried about what you're going to eat what you're going to wear what you're going to you know drink and you know, want to serve mammon serve riches and and so you can have all that and more than you're going to be focused on on worldly things which are not good for anyone and you know think about um you know whether we ought to be looking to the author and finisher of our faith you know um uh, watch and pray be looking up there's and um uh, there are so many things in scripture that tell us where to look and i'm going to just share one more because i can i'm not going to do the whole chapter here okay but all right Acts 17, um, uh, now when they, would be Paul and Silas, had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, uh, where there was a synagogue of Jews, and Paul went in, as was his custom, and on three Sabbath days he reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and proving that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead, and saying, This Jesus whom I proclaim to you is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a great many of the devout Greeks, and not a few of the leading women. Uh, but the Jews were jealous, and taking some wicked men of the rabble, they formed a mob in the city, set an uproar, etc., attacked the house. And I'm going to bypass all that and go down to when they came to Berea. As the brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea, and when they arrived, they went to the Jewish synagogue. Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Many of them therefore believed, with not a few Greek women of high standing as well as men. Um, anyway, uh, the point being there that I, you know, stands out to me is that, you know, here came something, apparently new to them, they hadn't thought of it, uh, If, but we know that if someone was a, a real student of the Old Testament scriptures, they would, um, they would understand the Messiah and his suffering, his, his death and his resurrection, you know, as the disciples on the road to Emmaus were scolded by the Lord to call him foolish you know and slow of heart to believe and and he, he um he scolded them for not knowing the scriptures he said if you'd known the scriptures you wouldn't be upset about any of this stuff because you'd know what's gonna happen but anyway but i love that they examined the scriptures daily to see if these things were so um you know when it comes to things you hear um or read <laughs> No matter what the outlet is, the media outlet is, you know, a great place to check out the truthfulness of it is in the scriptures. Not with something else that was published yesterday or last week or even last year. Uh, for the Lord said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word will never pass away. 
you know, and uh, today she were talking about the, you know, in so many oppressive governments uh, where books have been burned, libraries have burned. Uh, I mean, for, you know, millennia past to the present day, that's one of the things I always do when a government, you know, government comes in to take over, they burn the history. They burn the written history of, of where they come because, you know, then they have um, less of a chance of indoctrinating people with their with their propaganda, right. uh, and so um, the scriptures, despite the many uh, many attempts to destroy them, <laughs> still here. Yeah, old new. So here's something that stands the test of time, people. The word of God. You know, He said, "This word shall never pass away." I believe it. And so I would, you know, cite the verse, Smarty Pants. What? You know that that heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. Yeah, where is it? Um, I pop think, quiz on bareface. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Both both Matthew and Luke record it. Um, yeah, but it's in the Old Testament. Oh, about yeah. yeah. Um, well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, you'll have to look it up. That's your homework. Well, so when one of the things I was I was thinking is, but just if I could just finish the thought. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, is that sorry? Um, my bad. Yeah. Um, I have all these thoughts that have been holding in my head. I'm sorry. That's okay. I don't want to. I might have to take a note so I don't forget it. Anyway, that I guess. That was basically good. I was going to go somewhere with the uh, where the destruction of, of 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 books and written literature and the survival of the scriptures and whatever, but um anyway can't really articulate your thought now. But bottom line, you know on on Christ's solid rock I stand. All other ground is shifting sand. That's that's it. You know, I'm amazed at how good the Lord is because he gave me Randall 30 years ago, you know, and we have grown in our walks with the Lord uh, through that time. But I will say that um, it it is um, interesting to me uh, that as Christians, I mean, I have a real, I have a sadness in my heart for people who are believers who are so easily swayed by the stuff in the world, especially in the media. Um, it makes me sad because certain things in the word of God are very easy to understand. Like let, you know, like, well, let, let's just say, and, it, and it's all relative what you consider a bad word, but let's just, you know, use the big words like the F word and stuff. You know, some Christians use that and um, disregard the word of God that says, let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth, but only a word that's good for edification according to the need of the moment. So that might give grace to those who hear. Okay. Do they not know that or what? Um, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. That's the first line in Psalm one. Think about what is the counsel of the wicked? Well, I mean, I've used this example numerous times, but the counsel of the wicked is kill your baby. If you had sex outside of marriage, which is also counsel of the wicked, uh, you know, if you don't want to get busted, uh, just hide it, kill it, you know, um, 
homosexuality. That, well, hey, get, being gay is good, right? That's counsel of the wicked people. That's not God's counsel. A lot of the stuff that we consider, consider normal and acceptable, according to God's word, isn't. And as believers, many believers, um, and I was having a, a, a nice talk with a friend this week about alcohol, right? Look, the Bible says not to get drunk to dissipation. It, it, it does never, it never says that you can't drink alcohol. It says not to get drunk, right? But, you know, one of the things here in Tennessee in the Bible Belt that still blows me away is the advocacy of, of let's just go get a drink, people. Let's go drink. Let's make that our, our, our drink of choice. And, and all my friends, especially at Pickleball, know I don't drink. They, they tease me for it, but I don't care. I have alcoholism in my family background, so I'm not going to drink. You know, even though I do like the taste of some wines, um, if I do drink, it's going to be at home because I'm so, I'm such a lightweight, it would make me fall asleep. You know, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Um, uh, plus, uh, you know, and, and I understand where, where some churches in the olden days, you know, they, they get bagged on, well, don't dance, don't chew, don't go with girls that do and don't drink, right? Don't do all that stuff because it leads to... Well, there's that understanding about why these things led to other things. You know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> is it a bad thing not to drink? Hell no. It's not a bad thing not to drink. But, you know, <laughs> it's, 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 but, you know, it's kind of funny that it is so acceptable where it used to never, ever, ever, ever be acceptable. Um, and, and the sad part is, I mean, Back to the Bible, the ministry Back to the Bible did a study on the benefits of reading the Bible every day. Just reading the Bible, not studying the Bible and digging into it, just literally reading the Bible every day. And what they discovered is that people who read the Bible engage in the scripture at least five times a week. Their depression goes down, their anxiety is down, they're happier people. I mean, there's all these positive benefits to actually being in the Word of God. So how are you supposed to impact the world when you have more media from the world impacting you than you do God's Word impacting you? You know, and I'm preaching to myself, not so much because I consume the media of the world and, you know, like stuff, but, you know, you know, I do my best to open God's word first thing in the morning and make sure that I see that before my email. You know what I mean? It is, you know, cause, cause the cares of the world can definitely take you, you know, and, uh, and, and all that. So did you remember what you wanted to say? Did you look up the verse? You did, didn't you? I, well, <laughs> what I was thinking is only in, only in the new Testament. Okay. Because Yeshua, Jesus said, my words will never pass away. Right. And that's that's only in in the New Testament, Matthew 13 and Luke. So. 20-something. But you're probably thinking of uh, Isaiah, you know, the grass fades and the flower fails, fades, but yeah, the word of the God. God yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's for, yeah, but um, that's, because, that's true. That's true, too. Because that used to be a verse that people in the olden days, in the oh. olden days, people got their Bible engraved on the front with their name. And, um, you know, and, um, and some people put that verse, like, it was like on Bible book covers and stuff like that. Anyway, I want to address a few comments and stuff. Want to sh okay. 
Shout out to Jonas on Twitch. Shout Don't know if you're still the there. Lord, There's no timestamps in the chat and no. the Twitch, so. And then, but uh, excuse me, a while back, uh, Barb over there on YouTube said someone needs to define democracy, and I think that goes way back. To, right. And I, I wanted to. I forgot to make a point of that. Then it's interesting. And yeah, we live in a republic, not a democracy. Right. You know the whole. You Drives know. Drives me crazy. When and that whole thing was about you know basically Trump taking to Twitter and calling this fake news and other people reporting like oh no, and so you know the powers that be write the script for all their all their outlets to say you know is is a is a threat to our democracy or whatever. It's not a democracy. It's a constitutional republic, or at least it used to be. It's 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 still a republic, and that there are elected officials represented well they don't really represent it but it's a republican form but constitutional it's they just give lip service to the constitution anymore it just the government of the united states has so gone outside the bounds of the constitution which specifically limits the powers well, of the sure. federal I government mean, the very fact that you know we have wicked supreme court people you know, who say, like, abortion is constitutional. Yeah. I mean, there's so it's many interesting. things. One of John... just, just because it's legal doesn't mean it's right. Always remember that. And one of John Podesta's um, emails was his invitation to a uh, uh, Supreme Court thing, the Supreme Court outlook for the Supreme Court in 2015 and, and pizza party. I don't know. It just seems weird that there'd be a... Seems like that sort of caliber event would be catered by someone other than anyway whole nother thing <laughs> and uh yeah so yeah so the de definition of democracy pure democracy is mob rules um well yeah So yeah, we Hi, have Carol and WD, yeah, saying that it does say in Psalms to save the wine for the man who is, has sorrow. Yeah, it says but right, and that's a medicinal that's medicinal use of wine, right? I mean, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm talking mm. about people who just drink for the sake of drinking because um, they don't want to drink water. Yeah, they they find a they find joy in alcohol, which mm. you know. I mean, like I said, I'm not going to judge anybody that does that, but it it's not the healthiest thing that you can drink. No. And you know why? Here, I'll tell you number one reason why it's not good to constantly drink alcohol every day. You know why? Because it's depressant. Uh, People who drink alcohol a lot tend to be more depressed well, because alcohol is, is a depressant. It's a it's a toxin. I know, but it's a depressant. And people, so, you know, if you think about it, happy hour, so-called happy hour, <laughs> is where people come to drink stuff that makes them depressed. I makes mean, them forget about the trouble. Yeah. I mean, just, and see, that's the thing. People don't think. Welcome you know? to the temperance society. Yeah. Bible news temperance. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, know, uh, I don't know what's wrong with you. You're so judgmental. Yeah. Well, but, no, I'm not judgmental. It's just, um, I know uh, I'm judgmental to some people, but uh, get over it. Build a bridge because you're, okay, we're all judgmental. Okay. But what I, but what I will say is I'm not judging anybody. I'm just making a fact, a statement. Alcohol is a depressant. And if you think that it's going to make you feel better, 
in the long run, it's not going to because it's a depressant, people. Ugh, gosh. Anyway, I know. Just thought I'd share. But whatever. Yeah, I'm a lady of just... That's right. Oh, yeah. By the way, our show is technically over. And I should say a couple other things. First of all, uh, you know... What are you laughing about? Uh, uh, we have a governor in Michigan we would like to get rid of. We're running a blue light special, too. Oh, <laughs> gotcha. Uh, well, um, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, hey, first of all, I want to thank you guys, those of you who support Bible News Radio with your money, with your donation to us. Thank you for doing that. Now, more than ever, <laughs> we need it because we no longer have a sponsor. So... Your, your donations, Barb, Sean, I know a couple of you out there, you've donated to us recently. Thank you for your donations to us. Um, I know we're not on air every day like we used to be. Um, I actually had somebody say, I ain't going to support you anymore because you're not on every day. And, I, and, you know, just you doing a show on the weekend isn't worth it. You know, <laughs> like, okay, well, same thank you. But you're still tuning in, aren't you? Okay, anyway, so if you... <laughs> If if you want to donate to us, you can go to our website, BibleNewsRadio.com. Just go there and donate if you want. I'm not going to go, God's going to give you a million dollars if you donate to Bible News Radio. You know, sow your seeds into Bible News Radio and you're going to get great stuff as a result. I'm not going to do any of that crap because it's crap. So, you know, look, if you like our show, just donate to the show. Um, so there's that. If you need to get your well done. Uh, or you need to get identity theft protection, I would love to talk to you about that and get you all signed up for it, okay? Because um, that's that would be really good. So, you know, contact me. Sean reminded me I'm a lady of justice. Um, uh, and by the way, I will say last night I invited people to come and hear Martine Gerardo, who is the, the president of Legal Shield Canada. And I did not know this. I wish I had. I would have shared it with everybody. But she used to be the CEO for about 10 years of Mary Kay. And um, anyway, she gave a really nice uh, leadership talk to women in leadership, basically talked about um, empowering women as leaders. And and I am not, just so you know, I am not one of these women who's like, women power, yeah, we've been oppressed so long that, you know, I'm thinking to myself, well... Uh, I've always had freedom in America. I've never had to wear anything over my head. I've never had to be quiet. I have a master's degree in, in education. I went to college openly. I paid for it uh, with loans and paid the loans off. Um, I've always been able to get the job that I want. I, you know, I have no qualms about being oppressed as a woman, but there are some women out there who feel that way. Um, I just believe that we can empower women to uh, make money at home. So I do that with my job with Ladies of Justice. I do that here, you know. But I'm, I don't, I've never seen myself as a snooty type, like, entrepreneur, you know, woman power who, you know, who I'm out to change the world. Am I out to change the world? No. I'm out to change hearts. I want hearts of people. And this was interesting because she was asked the question. Um, she was like, what, what do you want your legacy to be? And, and her answer really touched my heart. And I was like, yeah, that's a good legacy. She happens to be a mother. I am not a mom. So I don't have that. Uh, I don't have that legacy, right? I don't have children that I've poured into in that way. But, you know, her, her response was, I want, I want people to remember me as a kind person, as somebody who cared about people. 
And she quoted Mary Kay, who, by the way, I learned this. You probably know it, but I didn't know it. She actually started, Mary Kay Ash actually started Mary Kay when she was 42 years old. So she was a middle-aged woman um, when she started her company. And I guess Mary Kay um, has a famous saying that everybody has an invisible sign hanging around them that says, I want to be significant. Make me feel significant. Make me feel important. And you know what? That's really, um, that's, that's really my heart. At, my, at the heart of me, if you know me at all, and some people think they do and then they don't, and I'm like, what the heck is your issue, people? Um, you know, I want people to know the, the Lord. That's really what I want my legacy to be, that people came into a deeper walk with Christ, that they understood God's word, that it wasn't about how good they are, I'm good enough, not about any of that, but that God, that Christ in you, the hope of glory, can transform you and make you a new person. You don't have to be what happened to you. You don't have to be, you know, how people violated you. You don't, ha you don't have to be anything that the world or any other person has put on you you're who you are because of christ in you the hope of glory and as Rand, I, I mean recently this past week um i had the opportunity to share my testimony uh in a facebook group a private facebook group i, can't, I think it's actually a public group but anyway one of the leaders of legal shield uh, one of the uh, i think she's a hundred thousand dollar ring earner a young lady um, she started this group because she's really passionate about the Lord. She's, she went in there, shared her testimony and asked if anybody else would like to share ours. So I thought, well, I don't care. Nobody else shares theirs. I'm going to go and share mine. So I said, yeah, I'll share my testimony. And in that I shared what Randall, my husband has, has, he quotes very often. And I know I'm using Randall's name. <laughs> it sounds so weird to say Randall. Bareface, <laughs> you know, Bareface and I often say, make much of Christ, right? Make much of Jesus, people. Make much, make much of him because when it's all said and done, it is about him, right? It's not about who we are in Christ. It's who Christ is in us. And and the psychobabble world has really twisted that and made it on, you know, our head. Uh, are you good enough? No. Actually, people who promote I'm good and, you know, they're having these campaigns about, the you know, I want you to be good, feel good enough, etc. You know what? If that type of stuff worked, we wouldn't have so many people who are doing it. Because the reality is no one's good. No one. No, not one is good. Read the Bible. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says there's no one that is good. No, not one. So, no, you're never going to be good enough apart from Christ. Okay, so you can say as much as you want that you can have a campaign that you're you're good enough or whatever. <laughs> Apart from Christ, nobody is good. Just saying, you know, and and it's that type of of stuff that I don't want to be. Rem I don't want to be remembered for saying, hey, you're good enough. Yeah, you are. Because you're not. The Bible says that we were all born into sin. And that's a fact. There was the fall of man, but Jesus came in. He made you good enough. What he did was good enough. What you're doing is not. You know, Jesus in you is the hope of glory. 
And yeah, I think that my way thinking here is right. And if you don't like it, that's okay. You don't have to like it. But I'm quoting the Bible and you're not. And the Bible is truth and what you're saying is not. Just saying, you know. So I want my legacy to be building people, building disciples who understand God's word in the context in which it's written so that they can know without a doubt they can have confidence right? You know, and I get, you know, I get two compliments all the time. And, you know, and I, frankly, I used to ignore it, but I thought, you know, maybe I should pay attention to these compliments. One compliment that I get, it's probably the number one compliment I get, is that I'm full of joy. Yeah. Yeah, I really am. Anybody that knows me knows that. I feel deeply. I cry sometimes when I'm hurting. Like, I've been grieving my friend Joe that died, you know. I feel sad for my friend Cheryl, whose heart is completely broken in a million pieces. Um, I feel deeply. But I do have a peace and a joy that people in the world don't. Because I'm not controlled by what the world system is telling me, you know. Um, and I know what Jesus has done for me. He has never left me. He's always provided for me. He never will leave me. He always will love me no matter what. I've seen the miracle of forgiveness and the transformative power of the Holy Spirit in my life. You know, why not be joyful? <laughs> you know, if you really think about who Jesus is and what he's done and then you really think about how he knows you. He fearfully, he wonderfully made you. He knit you together in your mother's womb. Wonderful are your works, you know. I mean, if you, re if you think about that. And see, most people don't think that's part of the problem. If you really think and you meditate on what God's word says about what Christ has done, who he is, and how he transforms people. You know, look at the disciples' life some of the most fascinating things in the word of God, you know, is that like Peter, okay, Peter is a hothead, right? At least that's what we're told, right? Because why? He was passionate. Why was he passionate? Well, because he knew truth, right? And he was pretty confident in himself that he would never deny Jesus. But next thing you know, he's being confronted by a teenager and some other people and he's copping out, right? So does that make him a bad person? No, just a little zealous. And you know what? The Lord knew. The Lord knew him. Even, you know, he knew. He knew him enough to say, hey, even before the cock crows, you're going to deny me three times, Pete. Yeah, you are. No, I will never deny you. Well, it happened, you know. Um, and, and that's because we're, we're frail people. You know, God made us in his image, but, you know, we're weak people. We're easily controlled. And, you know, Jesus called us sheep for a reason, right? I mean, he, he made sheep, first of all. He knows how, how easily led sheep are, how stupid sheep are, <laughs> you know. But he gave a, he, but, but here's the thing. When Peter encountered the forgiveness of Jesus and, you know, he confessed who Jesus was and Jesus said on this confession, this is where the, my house, this church will be built. And the, the confession is where the church is there. Um, you're making me laugh here. <laughs> Barb said, 
you have a twinkle. Every Christian should have a twinkle in their eye. Shall we call you twinkles? Tracy joke. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you call me whatever you want. <laughs> I actually have a lot of people call me Tracy. It's kind of funny. I, I'm like, yes, I am. And I usually know they're older, sweeter people. <laughs> but anyway, Peter, he had his confidence renewed. Why? It wasn't because he all of a sudden was like, hey, I know who I am in Christ. Yeah, I'm good enough. No, it wasn't because of any of that. It was because he knew who Jesus was and he knew that he was loved and he saw the resurrection. He he felt God's love and and that that thing that he just knew in Christ he could do anything. In fact, he had a sense of being unworthy, and tradition, church tradition says that Peter was actually crucified upside down because he didn't feel worthy enough to be crucified in the same manner that Jesus was, right side up. That is, that is power. That's real power. When you know you have God on your side, nothing is against you. Um, Kay Arthur recently did a, a teaching, and she said, um, Every believer should get up and read Romans chapter 8 every single day. You know, I, and I encourage you, do it. Get up, read Romans chapter 8 every day. Read the whole chapter. It's not that long. But it's packed with who Christ is. And so that's the thing, you know, yesterday, and I, will, I know we're going a little bit long, but I don't care. Yesterday, I was having this conversation with a guy who I'm going to interview on our show. And I'm just going to tell you guys ahead of time, this guy's theology is completely off. It's unbiblical. Um, but I felt the Lord say, be kind to this guy, kind of build him up and let him just share about his book. And I, and you'll know about this pretty soon. We're going to, I'm interviewing him on Tuesday. I'm going to tape him and then we will probably play the interview later. But I was sitting there in this conversation. And what I can tell you is, you know, he's got background as a priest, um, and, and any uh, other stuff. Um, and you know, his whole, um, gist is about shame. You know, I don't want people to feel ashamed. Uh, you know, people don't have to feel, feel bad. Shame, you know, is, is, is not, you know, it's like we need to wipe the world of shame. Well, I'm sorry, but shame is part of the human condition. It, we have shame because we do bad things. You know, we, we have shame because we have a conscience that God gave us. And if we're sensitive, we will be convicted and feel bad. Where you should feel concerned is when you don't feel bad. Right? I mean, and there are people out there that actually believe you shouldn't feel bad for doing anything or whatever. I mean, I think we were talking, I was talking to somebody, I've talked to so many people but, you know, the whole blush factor in our society is gone. You know, it used to be that you, you, you know, talked about certain things at home, you know, in private, in secret. Now it's out there. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, you know. And I actually had an older woman, an older broadcaster tell me once, and um, Sharon Hughes actually out of California, a friend of mine, I haven't talked to her in a long time, but we were talking about the homosexual gender many years ago. And she said to me in a private conversation, she said, you know, I understand why Peter LaBarbera and, you know, guys like that pull out and they show the, the, the disgusting pictures at gay pride parades and all that. They're trying to expose what's really going on, but there is a place for discretion. 
And I want to be discreet in what I share with people because you never know who's watching who that stuff can make them stumble. And that is the maturity level of somebody who understands how easily led, you know, and they're looking out for the best interest of their neighbor, right? We're supposed to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. But in this self-saturated me, me, me society, well, I'm good enough. No, you're not. And if you walk around thinking you're good enough, then you're going to be a person who has an ego as big as the sky and God's going to have to humble you at some point. And that is where I would not want to go, people. I, I would not want to be the one that God humbles. You know, I heard it said once that you should humble yourself before God does. Because if God does it, it's going to be a disciplinary action that, and you might have a... Uh, a very um, big price to pay, right? Well, anyway, now I feel like I'm being a, I'm a lecturing you, but just saying. My legacy, again, <laughs> getting back to my main point, is that I want the Lord to be glorified in my life. And I just want, ultimately, people to, to say she loved the Lord and knew him. You know, just like Enoch, she walked with God. And I'm pretty sure that that legacy is probably about this big right now because <laughs> I don't know how many people actually believe that knowing what a little spitfire and twerp I can be. Just saying. Uh, so anyway, with that said, uh, Randall, do you have any other stuff you'd like? Do you want to comment on me being a middle-aged prudish woman? Uh, it's a very good thing. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I don't. I don't know that I'm a prude, no. but yeah, I I say stuff that I think sometimes surpri surprises people. Yeah, like who? Well, I think today the lady that we were having a conversation with who doesn't yeah. read the Bible, it's not her book. Um, right. There's just some, a couple of things uh, I said yeah. in that conversation that I think you know. Oh, and I will get back to my point. Talking what to this point? guy, his name's Greg. He's going to be on our show. But talking to Greg, he he made some interesting theological comments that I was like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, everything he's saying is, you know, he's he's pigeonholing a person like me. And I was sitting there, you guys, and I was thinking to myself, should I say something or should I not? And you know what I did? I said something. I'm like, I don't agree with you at all. <laughs> And here is why. And you know what the interesting thing was? The interesting thing was that I didn't feel nervous or scared in it because I have that confidence. It's like, okay, well, you can have that view if you'd like. It's not my view. And I actually told the guy, I'm not going to put this on our show. We, we will not discuss this stuff. We, I don't mind if you want to promote this book about this issue, but you are not, you're going to alienate half my audience if you start talking about that stuff. That's part of the reason I wanted to tape the conversation. I didn't want to do it live. But, uh, but, but I thought to myself afterwards, I thought, you know, good for you. You actually stood your ground when somebody who has the degree of priest or whatever, you know, and I'm like, well, I believe that Jesus died for the sin of the world. I do believe we're all bad people. <laughs> But I think we can be redeemed and forgiven, right? And I and I think that um, that's what makes testimony so powerful. I mean, think about it, right? If hell doesn't exist, why did Jesus have to die? What are we saved from? I don't know. That seems kind of like a logical question to me. 
Um, okay. Well, is heaven real? Do all dogs go to heaven? I don't know. I'll have to think about that one. Cats definitely don't go to heaven, though. I do know that one for a fact. You know why? Because cats are not mentioned in the Bible anywhere. Actually, that's not true. I just lied. Lions are cats. So, yes, cats will be in heaven, too. I take that back. Um, yep, all cats will be in heaven, except a few, you know, wretched cats, like one's named Felix. You know, Felix the cat, the wonderful, wonderful cat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, going back to being brainwashed, people. Now, how many of you just thought of that song just because I said Felix the cat? Felix the cat. <laughs> Ah, now you're laughing. The wonderful, wonderful cat. I don't remember the rest of the words except something about something, a magic cat or something. I don't know. Bag of tricks. Bag of tricks. <laughs> Case in point, bare faces is... Uh... Not to be confused with a, a rabbit. <laughs> Those are other kinds of tricks. Other tricks. Right. Well. Of, of the propaganda <sighs> media. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. You know, I'm enjoying middle age. I really am. I I love middle age. I think people, you need to embrace where you're at in life. You need to enjoy being middle-aged if you're middle-aged. If you're older, just enjoy that. You know what I love about being middle-aged is I like the fact that I have older women that that I can still learn from and that I look up to and, and you know, and I, I respect the wisdom that they have from those years. And then I have younger women, un, you know, who who are, are, are smart, vibrant, brilliant people who have their ideas, they have their things, but they have questions and they don't know because they're younger. There, there's a lot to be said for experience of life, you know. And that's why I love God's word, because it says to be a Titus woman, you know, older women should teach the younger women, teach them the, the things that they need to know, you know, how to be a good wife and all that stuff. Um, and, and, you know, we can do that. So anyway, for what that's worth, <laughs> that's just me on a tangent. But anyway, so tomorrow night, Randall, are you going to be doing a Bible study or anything or what? That's the way it usually goes, yeah. So. That's the way, uh-huh, uh-huh. We roll. Yeah. That's not what went through your mind just now, huh? Mm. See, because you've been brainwashed by the media. Indeed. Yeah, you have. Hey, Jeff. Nice seeing you, buddy. All right, well, our show is now officially over. Um, if you are not on my text message list, you want to get a text message alerting you to this show. When it goes on, just text us, text me, text Bible News to 33222. If you don't know how to do that on your phone, just message me somehow through our, through my website. I'll add you to it uh, if you don't know how to do that. Um, thank you for tuning in. I hope somehow this show helped you in some way. Uh, and I appreciate all of you guys for joining us. Uh, and as I always say, be bold. Stand up and go with God because he loves you. All right, we'll see you tomorrow.